Are you ready? Absolutely. I'm always ready. Got it. Hello, friends. Hello, brothers. This is Justin with the Masonic Improvement Podcast or YouTube channel, depending on where you're watching us. I'm proud to introduce. <laughs> I'm proud to introduce my uh, illustrious co-host, the Rat Worshipful Guru of Goliath himself, Brother Dennis Yates. Yeah, yeah. it gets thicker and thicker every time. You, every time you say it. Now yeah. I'm the illustrious Guru, just DDGM of Goliath. Blah 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 blah. Just, you just keep adding to your reputation. I don't know what to tell you. Before we no. really, before we really get started, I, got it. I have an important uh, announcement that I feel like I need to make. Do you wish you were more <laughs> handsome? Do you wish women found you more attractive? Do you, ah! do you have difficulty with your memory work? <laughs> I have the solution all in one package. I'd like to introduce everybody to the Masonic Improvement Polo, which you can obtain through the San Antonio Hat Company. I will include a link below. Check it out. They have tons of great Masonic content, not just Masonic improvement gear, but anything under the sun that you could possibly want related to Freemasonry swag. It is on their website. Great Texas Brothers. Check it out. Click the link below. You won't regret it. Yes, and, and we love the guys, and, and please support them. They support us. And... Um, they not only have shirts, but they have hats. They have, you know, you name it. They got all kinds of cool, cool swag. And y'all know me. I am I am a swag master. I buy He's a swag, swag snob. I'm a swag snob. You know what I got this weekend? Brothers, y'all should have been here. You should have been there in Grapevine this weekend at the Dallas Conference for the Grandmaster himself. It was a fabulous weekend. You it, it, you know, I, I had there were several brothers that actually went, ran over to Tyler to to hang out for a few minutes to with the with the other guys, the guys who didn't care so much. And then they came back and they told me that our event was so much better and so much more exciting. But um, <laughs> well, the the Tyler the Tyler event, the York Rock Conference, was a little bit more exclusive than the than the uh, Blue Lodge. Yes, so that's that's why it was a smaller group that went to Tyler. But the point is, either way, either way, in, in all seriousness, at, le- at least it, it's important to go to something, to be at yes. something. If there's something going on, yes. if you can support it, it's important to be there. Uh, as much as I would have loved to have gone to the Grand Masters Conference, um, I'd already committed myself to the York Rat Conference, but at the end of the day, what really matters is you and I, Freemasonry. we went and supported yeah, Freemasonry across the state. Yes. Now, I will, I will say um, I did get off track. The swag I was going to promote was my new bottle of whiskey, which was the, is the George Washington. Um, yeah. The George Washington um, recipe. Mm-hmm. And it's only sold in Mount Vernon. And I got it in the auction at the uh, at the uh, event, oh. and so now I am the fine owner of a George Washington bo- a wash- bottle of George Washington's whiskey, which is, it, is pretty awesome. It sounds to me like we need to have an in person 
podcast sometime soon. You know, I can do that. I can make it happen. But we're not drinking that. We'll drink my scotch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the Jack Daniels out for you. I'll pour it in another bottle and tell you that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. As long as as long as I think that's what it is, that's all that matters. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You add enough ice to it, it doesn't matter. It all tastes the same. I don't that's that's one reason why I don't drink whiskey. I, I like uh scotch because I I, I drink it kind of like people smoke cigars. You, you after a while you can taste the different flavors in it and and i i like scotch for that reason i like to do that i like to just sip it i'm a sipper but uh but the cool thing though like like justin was saying is that this weekend we both went to different events but they were awesome and and it was all about you know bringing brothers together throughout the state and that's the cool thing about traveling and getting to know um and and enjoying your freemasonry is that you get to meet brothers from around the state now i have to say i was in trouble with my own well one or two people in my own district because we had a district-wide uh picnic many of y'all joined us at the one uh during the fannin uh memorial and we had another picnic this past weekend and I was not able to attend because I was still in, in Dallas. But um, you're doing your you district know, deputy duties. Well, well, they think that I should have been in in Goliad for the district deputy duties because I should have represented the grandmaster at the picnic as a district picnic. Now, here's my argument. Now, you you think that way, and I kind of think that way. Um, I was obviously the right way. If you and I both think the same way, I know. We agree. We're in agreement. I was the right way. Yes. Yes. But just so that other people out there hear this point, because this is a big debate with people in their lodges and why they don't travel and why they choose to stay within their own area instead of running, running around like, like some of us like to do. Um, the, the district picnic was decided on a couple of months ago. The Dallas conference was decided on a year ago. And it was published way before that picnic was decided. Mm-hmm. When we're planning our events, and it doesn't matter what your event is, and you, we should be thinking about this district-wide as well as statewide when we're planning events, we should always be thinking about what else is going on, not just throwing down and saying, this is our event. You know, if you want to make it, you can. If you don't, then, you know, you don't make it. You know, it just makes it hard on everybody and people feel guilty. And and uh, and then not only that, but you just don't have as as good of participation. Mm-hmm. That's straight up. That's that's something that we ought to be more mindful of when we're planning in the lodge, um, in the lodges, especially with our own districts, our districts. We should be supporting each other in our events. And if we're not doing that, if we don't have the communications out there to do that, then we really need to step up our game. Yeah, that's why I think the communications officer is so important. I really do. It needs to be like a district calendar, and you can compare that with the Grand Lodge calendar. 
when absolutely you're events yeah you know if you go to my website um my lodge website you can see all the events that are going on with our local lodges as well as grand lodge so you see everything that's happening now you don't see so much of the Yorkerite stuff because they don't tell me what to put on there. I'd be happy mm. to put it on there, but they just don't tell me. Playing favorites. We gotta, we gotta advertise, man. We gotta advertise for each other. You know the the Scottish Rite reunions coming up. Uh, the San Antonio Valley reunion. Mm -hmm. The the uh, well, what's crazy though is that the the uh, oh my goodness. The, you know, that valley down there in the, in, next to the water, the Galveston Valley. Oh. Um, they just had a, they just had a reunion this past weekend. The same weekend that they had the event in Tyler, mm -hmm. the same weekend that they had the event in Dallas. And I realized that you want to have regional events so that brothers can get there. More brothers can attend that are local. Yeah, but but when you think about the guys that are that are really out there, you know, putting themselves out there trying to, you know, make the most of Freemasonry, you're losing some of those guys. The guys that that are that are more active, that are willing to travel, you're you're losing them. I, just I didn't don't even see. know that it was happening until it happened. I, I didn't know it happened at all until you mentioned it. But I'm not in Scottish right yet. Um. Right. I, I don't see how to eat. And that's a shame. And that, that's my exact point right there. Golly, everybody should have known. I, everybody. Uh, I actually, I, I saw an event on Facebook for an upcoming, like a series of degrees, I guess, for, for Scottish Rite. And uh, was it was it Dean's post? No, it was Cohane's. Oh, okay. That's that's Dallas. Like, yeah, I'm going to that. I thought it was like Dallas or something. No, it was like down there in the, you know, the doldrums of Texas. So I was like, ah, oh, crap, can't go there. <laughs> in in the real deep in the real heart of Texas, mm. in San Antonio, where where it all really began, down well, in not, San Antonio. Uh, anatomically, really, DFW is more like the heart. Um, San Antonio is anatomically. Kind of like the, San Antonio is more like, is more like the colon. It's about where that would fall in. <laughs> no, that <laughs> I have to tell. <laughs> that's awesome. And Austin, the, the Austin, toilet bowl. Austin that's, is like the so Austin is like the appendix. No one really knows what it does, and sometimes you're better off without it. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice nice i apologize it to all be, my austin can, brothers yeah it can be implanted or it can be taken out whatever <laughs> it's all in fun guys we we love every part of our state and, and justin and i both travel all over these areas together and uh and see well everywhere but houston a lot of, a lot of times together in el paso <laughs> I don't have, you know, I don't. But you'll be, you'll be in Houston this year. I didn't put that on the list. I don't yes, think you will. You better. Oh, I will. <laughs> it's, it's OLT, buddy. We yeah, I well, in Houston. I put. Uh, I think Houston was one of the ones. I did. You say you were going to all of them? Of course you did. Yeah. Who am I, who am I kidding? <laughs> I I uh, 
I think Houston is it one in El Paso? Uh, no, it's Amarillo. Amarillo. Okay, I think yeah. I, I'm sure I said Amarillo. I mean, I can get there by morning, so I, I'm sure I said Amarillo. <laughs> um, I think yeah. Houston's the only one I said no. I, to. That's why. That's why he said the whole. He, the, he set me up <laughs> for this whole thing just so he could say that. I guarantee. He fell you. for it flawlessly. People, this is Justin in a in a nut in a nutshell. All I'm saying is I got to Amarillo. I was in San Antonio and I got to Amarillo by morning. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Back, back from San Antonio. Yeah. 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 Um, so let's talk about With just the clothes that you had on. No, I wouldn't. Yes. Yes. We'll say that. <laughs> <clears throat> so you had a topic in mind. I know we, we've, we've kind of, uh, had a had a good conversation so far. Um, you had a topic in mind that I know you wanted to bring up today. Uh, so before long as we we're talking started. about OLT before we really get rolling, uh, let's talk about the upcoming OLTs. Uh, I know we don't have the dates right now, but just uh, a general idea of what's coming up. And if a brother's interested, then they can keep an ear out when the secretary is giving their uh, their communications because um, dates will be soon. Yes, and, and you don't have to go to any particular one. You can go to one. I, before I got on the committee, I used to actually take advantage of the different locations and take a little mini vacation with my family. And I would do OLT and they would go to Six Flags because they have the season passes. So take your family, you know, make it, a, make it an event because at each one we do have um, – extra events that'll happen throughout the weekend that uh that you're sure to enjoy and your family always enjoys a a uh a time at the beach or a time at at uh at one of the one of the hotels in in one of the one of the cities you know it's always fun there's there's things you can go shopping you can well which is exciting for us because we live in the sticks, but <laughs> you can actually go to a Dillard's you can actually go to a Macy's. I didn't hear you. Oh, in the colon of Texas. <laughs> right. Exactly. But no, there, seriously though, there's always something fun for everybody to do. It starts uh, at the beginning of August and runs through September. And, um, it's really good information this year. We're focusing on leadership, not just the administrative end of, of uh, the lodge, but we're also focusing heavier on the leadership aspect for, for our lodges and for our, our up-and-coming officers. And if you, if you think you're all alone and, and you're the only guy in your lodge that, 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 you know, cares, then come to the OLT and you'll see lots of guys just like you that care Mm -hmm. and they care enough that they're showing up. They're trying to learn something new so that, so that they can take it home to their lodge and, and hopefully keep us going for another 300 years. Speaking of events, I just wanted to mention, uh, I know we, we have moved past, the uh, Grandmasters Conference, but I was thinking there was a, a brother in one of the lodges in my district. He's uh, fairly newly raised as a Master Mason, 
And uh, I really recommended that he hit the ground running. Um, you know, whenever there's something going on, go for it, go to it and participate. What's his, and what's his name? Micah Sampson. Micah Sampson. Yeah. And uh, okay. so while, while, when I was at Tyler, I get a text from him and uh, it's him and the grandmaster. Like, so he went to the conferences uh, up very cool that were over the weekend. Got to take a picture of the grandmaster, meet him, see the, see the Indian degrees that went on and everything like that. And I mean, that's, that's powerful. That's how you, that's how you get people um, invested in the fraternity it is yes. get them out, get them doing things. And, and they'll meet so many people. They'll have such, such memorable experiences that they'll want to continue that. Absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree, but I'll play devil's advocate real quick. Well, if they're running around doing that, then they're not spending time at their home lodge where they should be spending time. Yeah. What's your something answer? going on? What's your, what's your answer to that? If there's something going on. Right. This was a Friday and Saturday. So yeah. Right. And there's usually not. So there's, there's, there's even, not a good statement that, but even then, what are they going to get more value from? And this is going to sound very oh. callous, right? Are they going to get more value from something going on uh, at the state level, like a grandmaster's conference or they get more value from like a, like a practice night or something at the local lodge. Right. Right. Uh, or a pancake uh, breakfast or a pancake. breakfast. I would even probably say like a, like a degree. if the lodge is scheduling degrees on the same day as, as a grandmaster conference, that's a separate problem, but, and 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 it is a problem. Yes. Yeah. You're right. It is a problem, but we should be, we should be scheduling proper for, for many people. Um, a local conference is, is a once once in a year opportunity for them to go to. And so I think they're going to get more value for something like that. There's my well, thoughts. Let me, let me throw this in there. Did you, did you see the post that I, that I did on the Sonic improvement the yeah, other day? I did. So, so I, I, I better brought have, up right? some, <laughs> so I brought up some, some extremely important things that we should all be thinking about which is exactly what I got from the Grandmasters Conference and why I think it was such a great uh, success, as it always is. And we had 42 DDGMs at the Grandmasters Conference. That is not just the DDGMs from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. That is DDGMs from all over Texas. That is, that is a third of the DDGMs in Texas. Wow, that is impressive. Just Yes, 42 supporting this grandmaster. You know, there's there's times and places for everything. There's times that we should do degrees. And I think the weekend is an excellent time to do degrees. You get, you go up there me me personally, I think you go up in the morning, have a breakfast because it's cheap and easy and then have a degree. That way you're providing a meal before the degree. And, and you have time to fellowship after and, and hang out and visit a little bit. And unless you have kids in soccer or whatever, but you know, what, what better way to introduce new brothers to pancake breakfast? Absolutely. First thing, but, 
but but afterwards you can go out to lunch though is what i'm saying and, and you can actually you know have some real fellowship time and and uh and solidify the experience and talk about it hang out and visit you know that's something we always have degrees at night and everybody's so dog tired that they're just rushing home as soon as it's over you know and and that new candidate's got so many new ideas all of a sudden and nobody to talk to so yeah. I can it's, see, it's I can just, see value in that. I, I like that. But there's, so there's a time and a place for everything. This weekend, the time and place was the Grandmasters Conference. Or Tyler. And it had, or, or Tyler, if it had what I had, which was good fellowship, good education, history, good ritual, and good food. Yeah, we had those. Just a little bit better, but we had them. You know, you can <laughs> say that. Coming from a, a Blue Lodge guy, I understand. But, you know, actually, I think all Blue Lodge guys would agree that the Indian degree is, is pretty awesome. And it's represented by different nations of the ch- different uh, American Indian nations. So you had the Apache Nation, the Cherokee Nation. The, uh, the Choctaw Nation. Uh, there, there were several different uh, people there coming together as one, you know, putting on this degree. It, it, it was so cool in so many different ways. Yeah. But anyways, anyways, so that's, that's my plug on that. It's, there's, if we schedule things properly with our lodges, then, then we can enjoy all the light that Freemasonry has to offer. That's yeah. the reality. Uh, I wanted to hit on something that we talked about. Well, I talked about it a little ago, um, a little bit ago. And that was um, the importance of participating and going to things as I was talking about it. And I may have shared this story before, but it, it made me think back to when I was a teacher um, because I, I was the, uh, the sponsor for the student council at the high school. And when I, inherited the position uh there was members there was there was people in in student council but it was a dead organization there was no guidance no one knew what they were doing i was i was in the same boat i was never a student council in high school so here i was sponsoring a student council didn't really know the purpose or anything like that my point is uh i i got plugged in to uh the uh, I don't remember the name of it now, but it's uh, like a student council, student council organization, and uh, there was meetings all over the place, and so I started taking as many kids as I could, uh, especially the officers, to these meetings, and that's where they started hearing ideas and started learning more about student council, and that's where I started learning more about it, and that's what turned everything around. It turned a dying organization yes. into one of the biggest and most. Uh, uh, activity driven organization. Yes. Yeah. Very vibrant yes. organization in, in the school. And so that's why I think it's important that you get as many master masons as you can to these conferences and more, especially these offshore leadership trainings, uh, these, uh, these festive boards like Waco is going to be hosting Masonic con, things like that. It's important to go to these things. Um, what, what's the saying? It's a uh, feed the things you want to grow and starve the things that got to go. If you want to grow as a Mason, then you have to feed it. You have to go to other things. 
this sounds very negative, but you're not going to get everything Freemasonry has to offer by going to a stated meeting once a month. You, 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 That's you a have fact. To, it's a fact. You have to get out and, and experience other things. And there's even a point when you have to start getting out of your own district. Uh, this happens as you grow as a Mason. You're still, you're not neglecting your lodge and you're not neglecting your district. But if you look at the point within the circle, if you're the point, that circle will expand as you, as you grow as a Mason. And uh, if you put that point in a circle on a map, also your travel radius is going to expand. It just, it just happens. Yes, it absolutely. And, and there's no better time for me than when I meet somebody that I've chatted with on Facebook that, you know, that I've enjoyed you know, having debates with or whatever on Facebook or, or conversations and, and then meeting them in person and getting to share those ideas in person and, and then just see where it goes. You know, this, this weekend, I got to meet uh, Art De Hoyos. You know, I've... I've, I've um, you just now got around got, to meeting him? Yes, I've got several of his books and, and, they're, mm-hmm. and I've got several autograph uh, copies of his books. Um, he was kind enough to, to, to do that for me. And, and I got to meet him and sit and visit with him. And uh, who knows? He might just be a guest on Masonic Improvement one of these days soon. What? You got to put, put a spoiler that, tag in before you say anything like that. I know. And, but things like that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't traveled. If I had stayed home, I wouldn't have had that conversation. Yeah. So very similar story. I went to a role arts degree up in Fort Worth last week, I think it was. And uh, previous to that, I had been messaging a brother on, on Facebook. He had some ideas uh, for some directions we could take the podcast. And uh, I'm always open to ideas, right? So I was like, hey, those, those are really good. And um, those are really good. I'll bounce them off Dennis and see what he thinks. I don't bounce anything off Dennis. We just, <laughs> I just do it, man. But uh, I went to, the, to that degree and I walk out and mm-hmm. the, the, the candidates are sitting there and uh, this one dude's like, Hey, Justin, how are you? And I was like, I, I, I have met a lot of Masons, right? So usually when someone says something like that, I, uh, I, 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 I just roll with it. Um, not the, not the sound, but I meet a lot of people. So I can't, right, I can't right. possibly remember if I right. met someone once yes. at one time, but uh, he's like, we've been messaging on Masonic improvement. So like like the odds of, of running into this guy uh, at this particular place after he had so recently been messaging me, um, pretty astronomical. And so it was really cool to actually meet with somebody that 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 listens to the podcast and, and talk to them in person. What's funny is that I met with him too. So he also came to Dallas this past weekend, and Cutting. I met with him and 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 shared a, oh. shared a drink with him, and we all. We all, you know, we we're all sitting around drinking scotch and, and whiskey and, and smoking cigars and stuff. And, you know, so it, yes, I too met with him and it's the coolest thing, yeah. you know, being able to meet people that you wouldn't have known otherwise. And it just solidifies the friendships. Absolutely. So, uh, Kareem, if you're, if you're, if you're listening to this, shout out, brother. Absolutely. And, uh, and Seth, you're still a, a friend, but you, but it's 
today is his. Absolutely. You know. (laughs) It is what it is. I am I am the person I was meant to be. (laughs) My goodness. Anyways. Uh, we should Moving probably on. talk about our topic now. So let me ask you this. You being the physics major that you are, mm-hmm. what is the, the one absolute constant in this world? Everything's one, changing at all time. That's exactly right. Of course there's the this only the only absolute in life in and death is change. We're constantly changing. Our bodies are constantly changing. Our our world around us is constantly changing. And yet in Freemasonry, we're so afraid to talk about change. Why is that? What do you think? Um, I think there's a, a certain portion of the uh, degree process where we warn against innovations in the fraternity. And we, we take that to, to, we extrapolate that to, to mean any kind of change whatsoever. So um, not, not trying to call out anybody, but it's almost like the, uh, the Amish mentality where this particular arbitrary period is exactly how everybody should be living. Uh, we do the same thing. Uh, we think the 1950s is exactly how everything should be run moving forward regardless of, of where the world's at or what, what changes have happened in society or anything like that. Yes. And what's, what's really crazy about that, that scenario is that, you know, you brought up the 1950s because yeah. that was the largest point of expansion for Freemasonry. Yeah. However, it was all because of the uh, joiner mentality that happened after the, the end of the wars. Yeah. had nothing to do with Freemasonry at all. Part of me Otherwise. feels as though maybe I shouldn't have called out the Amish just now, but I also know that they won't be watching my YouTube channel. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> but so funny. Oh my goodness. But you know, that, but that's the reality, and they're proud of of not changing with the times, and and to some degree, there's there's truth in that too, because they they hold on to some values that are that are really important that that a lot of us have have lost yeah. and we've missed out on. You know, ninety percent of the divorces in the world would probably cease if if we didn't have all the distractions around us. Um, taking our attention away from our family. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the reality, but you're, but you're right. We, we are afraid of change in Freemasonry because we, we want to hold on to those ancient values. Yeah. Which I I find it philosophies. I find it very odd because up to a certain point, Freemasonry was always, uh, in tune with with things that kept up with the times and yes i don't know when i don't know when it happened but there became a time when technology kind of froze for freemasonry for a long time and not just technology yes. but um i don't know i don't know man like we used to be the movers and shakers and it all stopped 
it all just stopped. It, it's almost like it startled us at, at a certain point because we we were the shakers and the movers until the industrial period began and the the um when steel production started and all that we we kind of froze in in that time frame and and then the production industrial period started jumping forward leaps and bounds and we got scared and and froze because we didn't know what to do that's that's almost what it seems like yeah and, and and really, we should know exactly what to do. We we have for years and years been the leaders of society, and and we should have the answers. But instead, we stuck our head in the sand. Yeah, and now we're playing catch up. Yes, yes. But that's a good thing, though, is that now we are at a point to where we are. Uh, things are, are taking a, a turn for the positive and we're starting to embrace the things that we should be changing. But I also, also want to say this, um, this is what's really, really unique to me is that I don't think Freemasonry is the only organization that, that is kind of stuck in the past in that way. Um, it's like the, I haven't read the book, but I, I've, I've heard a lot about it. Uh, bowling alone. And mm-hmm. uh, have you heard of this or read it? It's, it's basically about how organizations have diminished over, over the past several decades. Uh, the idea being that, you know, bowling leagues, bowling leagues used to be real common. And oh, now, yeah. now if you want to bowl, you're, you're pretty much the only guy out there or girl out there bowling. And, um, but uh, any kind of, any kind of organization like the lions club and, and rotary, uh, lots of churches um, there. We're not the only organization that's seeing that problem, but a lot of these organizations, um, again, going back to the 1950s uh, are still meeting the buildings that were built around that time um, using the same technologies that were implemented around that time and the same mentalities that they had at the time. And, and yes. I, I don't know why this phenomenon exists, uh, but these are the organizations and, and not just organizations in the, in the big picture, but on the individual level, like in the community level, the ones that are still stuck like this are the ones that are, are demising and, and dying organizations. Um, but if you look at the churches and the uh, Masonic lodges and like the, the lions clubs that are, that are moving forward and accepting change, they're the ones that are thriving, the ones that are trying new things like we used to a long time ago. Yes, yes. And, and I was, while you were stating that in, in my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing growing up and, and hearing that, that saying, I'm okay, you're okay kind of thing. And everybody gets a participation trophy and everybody, you know, they're, you know, everything it's okay to be, to be irrelevant. It's okay to be non-productive. It's okay to be, you know, there was a time when it was almost a sin to challenge somebody to do better than what they're doing. 
You mean you holding them accountable? Oh yeah, yeah. Not and not just holding them accountable, but actually challenging them to progress. You know, you know. There's one thing. It's one thing to hold people accountable, and that's what that's what we find so common in Freemasonry right now. Is everybody's definitely holding everybody accountable. If I say one bad word, I can assure you, I'm going to hear it. If you if, will, because you're a district deputy. Well, I would anyways, just because people like to call me out on things. And that's okay. That's okay. And maybe that's, maybe that's you at an individual level. But I have found that we, we generally do not hold people accountable. We, we tell a guy as soon as he gets his EA, uh, it's really important that you're here. But if you have any reason whatsoever that you can't be here, that's okay. It, it's a free pass. Right. Right. And, right. and we have, I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying not to call anybody out, but recently there have been, and I'm not necessarily talking about my lodge, but there have been times when someone says that they will do something and the deadline is approaching and it is still not done. And we need to hold one another accountable. If you, if you say you're going to do this, you need to do this. If you're, and we need to tell uh, new members, um, there's a reason you're joining and we have expectations and failure to meet those expectations may affect your ability to progress as you, as you go through the lines. I I just, I just feel like as a whole, and I never forget (laughs) if you, (laughs) this is actually something I'm going to, I'm going to touch. I'm going to, I don't know how much I'm going to talk about it, but I am going to talk about it some at MasonicCon. Um, free mate, like, let me back up. There's something called, it's called an honor group. Okay. Mm-hmm. And basically the short and sweet of an honor group is it's difficult to get into. Uh, once you're in, you're held to a higher standard than non-members and failure right. to meet those standards, uh, results in some kind of penalty or expulsion. Freemasonry is an honor group. If it, it, it fits the definition um, on paper in practice. It is not anymore, but on paper, it fits the definition. Um, but somewhere in the, along the line, we, we stopped holding one, one another accountable. And that's a huge aspect of the honor group is, is you know, what's, in, what's interesting is that we, you're right. We, so Back in the in the twenties, in the teens, in the twenties, and the thirties, you see a lot of uh, in the lodge minutes. You see a lot of of people that are having masonic charges brought onto them for mm-hmm. public in drunkenness and and stuff like that. Yep. You know it, it. It's really interesting, especially for this. So you had a lot of people that were being brought up on charges and kicked out of Freemasonry because they didn't know how to conduct themselves um, while drinking in public. Mm-hmm. So they were kicked out. Today, we're, because of that same thing, we're so afraid of drinking in the lodges, you know, because we don't want to make ourselves look bad or have the liability of, of an organization that allows drinking. In, on their premise, right? So you don't want 
you don't want people getting drunk and, and going out and killing themselves or killing somebody. And that's the basis of not allowing drinking in, in the lodge because people might, people might get out of control and they might make us look bad if they get drunk. So, and, and yet the shrine has managed to survive. Well, well, but here's the thing, though. What's so interesting is that we have allowed people to drink outside of the lodge and carry themselves like fools outside of outside of the lodge mm-hmm. and and the whole basis for us not allowing drinking in in the lodge is so that people don't drink too much and act like fools in the lodge but we still allow those same people to stay as members so we've lowered our expectations on individuals mm-hmm and and raise it on an organization instead of doing it vice versa we could drink in in the lodges and stuff and now this is my own opinion if if we held out everybody accountable to those same kind of standards that we used to as far as you know public drunkenness and stuff like that it wouldn't be a problem to have drinking in our lodge because nobody would be getting drunk no one would drink in excess. They, they wouldn't do it because they knew the penalty if they were to do it. Well, having a bar in your lodge would go a long ways to uh, raise some money as well. <laughs> it would definitely raise some money. I mean, why but, do you think the VFWs did it? But you bring up a very good point, and I was, I was actually about to hit on that. Um, because you mentioned, if you look at the old minutes, there is there's a lot of talk of Masonic trials. And uh, usually, uh, if you if you look at the dates, there's some there's some there's some disagreement probably among among Masons, but a lot of those dates would fall in the period that a lot of brothers would consider to be the golden age of Freemasonry. And, and right, why? Well, because we held each other accountable. It was hard to get into. We held each other accountable, accountable, and it was easy to get kicked out if you didn't uphold higher standards. And so right. that's why I say on paper, we're an honor group on paper. That's what's supposed to happen. I mean, if you, if you read it, that's if you, if you study the law and, and, and the, the actual wording and the ritual and things like that, that's how it's supposed to go. If you don't uphold the standards, Absolutely. you're out. And we stopped doing that. And now we're, we're no longer an honor group in practice. And I don't think it's I don't think it's any surprise um, that when we stopped treating ourselves as an honor group and more like a service organization is when we started declining, declining with quotation marks. Right, right. Well, yeah, because in, in reality, if every Mason that lived at that time, um, replace themselves we wouldn't have declined if every if every mason that lived at that time or during that that past time got their had their sons join because they were so excited or interested to be a part of this um this honor group we wouldn't have declined so you know I think my we're father, talking about father i think we're talking about different time periods here well, no. I'm looking at I'm looking at well, the 1920s and 30s. 
I, I understand, but you know, my grandfather was, was a Mason in, in the twenties. So my father is not a Mason. So if his son had joined Freemasonry, if he had seen the example that he was putting on and joined Freemasonry, then he would have replaced himself. So there yeah, wouldn't have been that decline. Your father is probably a boomer, isn't he? He was. A lot he of is. the a lot of the Xers, the generation that followed the boomers, didn't join. Like you're an exception, but the majority of the boomers, uh, I'm sorry, the majority of the Xers didn't join anything, and that's why. Well, and and the boomers didn't, and the boomers didn't join. If you think about it. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been the decline. The boomers, that was, the boomers that was, are the ones responsible for the increase in, in the 50s. But in the 60s came the, the realization of, of anti-establishment in, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that had a tremendous factor in, in membership. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that was that was the Xers generation. My dad's not an Xer. He lived through the 60s. I didn't live through the 60s. I'm an Xer. My dad yeah. was born in the 40s. The 40s. My dad was born in the 40s. And so in the 60s, he was he was in the army and and went through the Vietnam era and came home and didn't join. Because so, he was anti-establishment. So let me let me pull this up. Let's see if we can get this going. Because this is an interesting. I'm, it it is, is an interesting, interesting thought. I can't yeah. talk. This is an interesting theory or interesting conversation. A topic that is very interesting to me. Um, let's see. I want to share my screen. Oh, nice. Now I got to put my glasses on because I am an exer and I am getting old. You didn't there even say go. happy there birthday. There we go. Happy birthday. Uh-huh. So if we look, so th- this is say it. this was on a blog, uh, a post that I created some time ago. Uh I took the oh, data yeah. off the uh, what is it? When the, you create. I'm not oh, saying I'm the only one that's made this because the data is really available. <laughs> uh the MSANA, uh the Masonic uh Yes. I don't remember what it stands for. Yep, the American playing. Masonic. Yeah, I know what yeah. you're so the, it, but, peaked, it peaked okay, so, around 1958. So, so let me let me show you something real quick. Okay, so my dad was born in ni- 1946, I think. Okay. It was between 44 and 46. He didn't become a man until 1956. Okay. And that's right at the peak. Yeah. So his generation became eligible to join at 20 years old, let's say. From yeah, then on, good, wasn't it? Yeah, so from then on, look at where your pointer is. That's the decline because they're not joining. They're not joining. Hmm. So it actually started with the boomers not joining, not the Xers. That's interesting. So what generation was born in the 40s? That's the boomers. My dad was a boomer. So here we go. My grandfather, my grandfather was born in, in 1917. Yeah. And he, and so 
So what generation was joining up here at the, at the top then? That was my grandfather's generation because the 19- silent generation. Yeah. Yeah. The silent generation. Cause they were coming back from the wars. Hmm. That's interesting. I have to look more into it, but it's a, it's an interesting thought. Cause looking at it to me, just how I interpret it. Uh, I think the boomers, like they technically, these, gener- these generation things, like there's no solid dates on, on any of these. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It but I look tough. at it like around the forties, around 1940, it's probably about when the, we, would, we start qualifying people as boomers and right. uh, 1958 being the, the peak. Um, these guys are starting to turn. I mean, they're 18 at this point, but they're starting Ooh, to turn. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see. I can and see and they're, they're coming of age and they're anti-establishment. So they don't want to join the boomers. So the, yeah. Anti-establishment? anti-establishment. Yes. Because in the sixties, that's when it became the thing to become. I can tell you, man, my dad had an Afro. Oh yeah. My dad had curls, man. When up until I was like five or six, he had boom curls. Mm. The inevitability though is is change. And and we need to embrace that change. And how do you how is the best way to embrace change or to manage change? To let's point let's out say that- let's say we're not even embracing it, but let's let's manage it. How how is the best way to manage change? I uh, I stand up and inform everybody that that is not how we did it. My year as worship master, and we should never do it again. Absolutely, you manage That's, it by by putting it off and never doing it. The show is over, folks. We've said it all <laughs> right there. Thank no, you. Uh, it's a it's um the most the most dangerous words ever mentioned by any organization are uh, that's not how we've always done things. The, well, to answer your question that I, the loaded question I gave you, the way that we manage our change is to educate ourselves. Yeah. How do, how do you, how do you manage your situation? You educate yourself uh, to the contrary. So whatever, the task is at hand you should educate yourself towards that task so that you're better equipped to make the decisions yeah one of my it's favorite like, go ahead go ahead it's like um was it been it's been about a year now uh we had a very uh heated conversation a couple conversations at my lodge about dues how dues needed to increase and uh I was one of the guys that was really pushing for this and I, I owe the success of it. We didn't get where it needed to be, but we, we doubled our dues, which is we're, we, we are seeing the benefits of it this year. Um, yes. However, it was through education. We, I took the average of the last, I don't remember now, like three to five years, uh, whatever data I could get. This is what the average operating cost is of the lodge every year. I said, this is how many dues-paying members we have. Did some simple math. I basically divided annual expenses by the dues-paying members and saying, this is what our dues need to be to cover the operating costs of the lodge. And this was also right after um, we we were basically in lockdown for a period of time. 
So a lot of the fundraisers that our lodge, our lodge normally did, didn't happen, and we were hurting financially. Correct. And yes. uh, and and really, not to go, not to get political or anything, but the fact that we shut down our lodges for a period of time, and I'm not blaming anybody. I mean, it was a crazy time, but it set a precedent, meaning that this could happen again. We need to have other ways to bring income into the lodge where we're not suffering if we can't do a fish fry or something. But my point is uh, I use this data as, as the education and uh, some people still got mad. Uh, we did lose two members, two members over this, um, which was fine. I, I frankly thought we might lose more just because I know how it is when we discuss finances at large. But to my point and to your point also, uh, I, I'm aware of other lodges near, locally that have raised their dues and lost quite a few brothers off of it, but they didn't take the same approach. Any kind of change cannot be arbitrary. You have to, you have to educate the brothers on, on why they almost have to come to, they almost have to come to the conclusion that you're trying to bring across without you telling them directly what needs to happen. They need to, they need to realize that something needs to happen before you say, this is what I suggest we do. I couldn't have set that up any better if I had planned it. So folks, I did not plan this, but here's my statement now. One of my very favorite people that I've, that I've ever listened to is motivational speaker and salesperson Zig Ziglar. And I, Throughout the years, I've listened to his audio tapes and, and CDs. Um, they've progressed into CDs, and, and now you can get it on, on MP3 and whatnot. Throughout the years, I've listened to him because he's uh, one of the best salesmen that I've ever heard in my life, and he uses real stories. It, so it's, it's, it's always based on his truth. He also uh, sells with an ethical and moral responsibility to himself as well as to his prospect. And in his conversations that he has in, in his sales slash motivational seminars, he, he always says that the only thing preventing you from making the sale of your prospective client is not providing enough information to allow your client to make a different decision we make decisions in life based on the facts that we know based on the things that we know and understand if we educate ourselves and understand more we can make different decisions we don't have to change our mind per se we can just make another decision based on new information. That's one of my favorite things that he brought up over time and, and over, over the years that I've listened to. And, and I thought that it, you couldn't have put it more perfectly because it was the, the fact that you educated them to help them come to the realization that it was time to make a different decision. What you described is the entire purpose of Masonic Improvement. It's yes. not about just you or I saying you need to do this and this and this. It's about education. Like we'll share what we do and we'll, we'll tell you why. Um, 
but ultimately it's up to each viewer and listener to decide when they want to implement it at their lodge, how they want to implement it, and to and to what what degree do they want it to be implemented? Let me ask you this: When's the uh, when's the last time your treasurer has given a full on report on the lodge finances? What do you mean by a full on report? Just like you did when you educated your your members that you needed to raise dues mm. ever. I, I don't know how to really answer that because um, like, I think, well, I well, think the treasurer ask, is pretty thorough as it is. Let me, let me ask you this. Okay. So I don't want to get you in trouble with the treasurer. So let me ask you this. When's the last time they went through the uh, form 71 with, with the lodge? Oh, I don't, I don't know that he's ever done that. Right, because that's what you mean by thorough. Because usually you assign a committee, right? And that committee goes over the forms and, and they say, okay, we, we vote to approve it or, or, and then they recommend to the lodge and then the lodge accepts it or they don't. Yeah. So that's usually what happens. So why are we not actually bringing these reports to the forefront to the members so that they see where we really are? That's a once once a year report. So it why can we not have why can we not have that one report gone through with a presentation by the treasurer to just examine where where the lodge is, good or bad, not 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 saying it's negative or positive, but just saying here's where we are. This think, is what we spend every month. This is what we bring in every month. Yeah, I don't see. At this point, like I agree, like hearing you talk about it, I, I don't see the current, and I, I don't mean this negatively. I think it's more just a, I say it's just like an age thing right now. But, um, I well, think and it's not how they've always done. It's not, but to, but to your point, there's no reason that someone else can't present it. Um, right. But yeah, doing like a PowerPoint once a year and saying, look, this is what we brought in, this is where our expenses were. This is how much was brought in by dues. This is how much was brought in by this and this and this fundraiser. Um, yes. And just break everything down so everybody can see. Yes. And, and you know, that would be the perfect opportunity to uh, really determine who you want your, your committee to be, your three-person committee for, uh, for the Form 71, mm-hmm. it, your audit committee. Because make that their job is that they create the presentation for the lodge to see. And then once it's done once or, or twice, you know, it can, it's easily just cut and paste at that point and throw it into a PowerPoint and, and present it to the lodge every year. Yeah. You know, make that the, that committee's job. That's your job is to present the facts to the lodge. And then we, we, we approve the audit because the audit is what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. they're numbers. They, you, you can't, if you're manipulating numbers, you don't need to be in that seat and you don't need to, you don't need to uh, have any part of your largest finances. Yeah, I agree. No, but, I think there's, but, I think there's a lot of value in what you're talking about. Yeah. I think, I think that's an idea. 
and it just came to me. It's not like I, I set this whole, you know, premise for the show based on, on that one thought because I, mm. guys, I'm not that smart. It's actually, it's actually about right. the third time that you've given us this, that this disclaimer. And I don't think anyone thinks you're that mischievous. You, you, and no one, no one, that smart. No one secretly <laughs> thinks you're masterminding anything. So we're, we're good. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, it, but that's that was one of the thoughts that I had when when you were talking about you know what you did with your lodge. I was thinking, why are we not doing this every year? And and what better opportunity than with the audit committee actually make make a real audit and not just filling out the numbers that the that the treasurer gives them because well, typically you, you're supposed to audit the lodge but i don't know that that's really what's being done in, in it's the lodges not, it's not and you can't improve what is not being observed and right. so what you're talking about that brings a whole level of transparency <clears throat> to the finances right. and and sure there's a committee and sure, they're supposed to be looking at it. Uh, however, are they always the most qualified people to be looking at it? Or are that's they another looking thing. at Yes, it? correct. Are you so, picking the right people? Yeah. And, and even then, is it really getting broken down like what we're talking about? No, I, I don't think it is. And so, right. I mean, break it down. It's like, this is where the money's I, coming from. This is where it's going. This is per capita. This is what endowments are bringing in. Compared to the previous yeah. year. Compared to the previous year and saying, this is what we did last year. This is what we did this year. This is what has changed. And that, I mean, that way, if you raise dues, you could, you compare it to the previous Nobody's year. Nobody's surprised. No one's surprised. And, but, but my yeah. point is that like, if we raised dues last year, this year, when we give the presentation, we could do a side by side and say, look, this you'll is where we were every, every month. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it'll actually give you um, substance to, and validation to the fact that you did that because there's always going to be brothers right. that are skeptical thinking it was a pointless, it was pointless and it just cost them money. Uh, when you could actually do a side by side and say, look, this is how much has benefited the lodge. I mean, I could tell you right now um, it's benefited my lodge greatly raising our dues. We doubled it. We went from hundred to 200 and we've got, we've got money in, in, in our account, which yes, I'm not being silly here. We didn't really have much previously. Right. And the, 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 the sad thing is, is that most lodges have less than five digits in their accounts. And if they, if they do have five digits, it's lower five, like low, low five. Mm -hmm. So the reality is, is, is that, you know, we shouldn't, have any of our fundraisers going towards supporting the lodge if we're doing that we're doing something wrong towards supporting if, if the lodge. we're doing we should be supporting our lodges yeah oh and, i agree and, and i agree if we don't have it and if you don't have the membership to support your lodges why don't you and and you you brought something to my mind uh, this is a totally, this whole conversation we've had has been totally uh, without any real subject, but I think it's been a great conversation um, because as you're saying that 
uh, it made me think of something, and I'm going to be completely just shooting from the cuff on this. Most lodges right now are in the position where they need to be planning for replacing their buildings. Right. Like we've already touched on, these are built in the 50s and 60s, um, and, and we if, didn't if, always do If it's that new. If it's that new. And we haven't always done a great job of maintaining them. Right. Uh and, and that has caught up to us in many of these lodges. Um, you need, we need to start putting up, putting back money to, to replace our lodge building at some point. And if we're not willing or able to do, to do that, you know what it's time for? Change. 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 What kind of change? Change. Positive change. What's the, what's the, what's the dirtiest word in Freemason? I don't want to say it. Merge. I'll say yep. it. Emerge. It's if, yeah. It's either merge or demise, and and you uh-huh. certainly don't want to demise. You want to keep that charter going. You want to you want to keep it alive. So the other thing is is to merge and share a building. You know, do what's best for the fraternity. Do what's best for your for your brothers. Uh-huh. I mean, don't don't just sit on your laurels for the sake of 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 having your own building or whatever. If you have issues with your lodge next door and and feel like you can't get through that to, to keep your fraternity alive, we need to we need yeah. to take a good hard close look at what we think Freemasonry is if we have those kind of differences. And I'm not trying to be hypocritical because my lodge is, is in that time period and it does have some maintenance issues. However, I think these can be reversed. I think they can be, I don't think yes. it's so far gone that we can't fix it and improve the lodge and it'd be a nice building. Um, but I've also yeah, been in buildings can. where uh, the roof's about to fall in, uh, mold yes. growing in the carpet, um, things like that. Uh, there's not much you can do at that point. Um, we, we need to be realistic and we need to evaluate the, the the current status of our lodge buildings and determine can these be fixed or do we need to start saving back money to build something new? Yes. And I think and, regardless of which way you go, I know how we love to have work days and things like that. I think it's time to start looking at hiring professionals because right. we do it ourselves. And then what happens six months from now, we're fixing something another brother has done. Hire professionals. Well, and now I, I agree. Um, I'd, I'd like to throw this out. Okay. Um, if you cannot do uh, work that's to code, if you don't know how to do that, then you do need to hire a professional. Yeah. If you, if you can do work that's up to code, um, I don't have a problem with that. Well, no, I mean, and, if you are a professional. And here's, yeah, and here's what I was going to say. Is that I, I am somewhat of a professional. I, I have my apartment buildings. I have, and, and I truly pride myself in not being a slumlord. Mm-hmm. I really, I truly do. People joke with me and they call me the slumlord of Goliath or whatever. Um, but it's all, that's all just a big joke because, you know, as soon as I buy a property, I go and, and rehabilitate that property. And, and then I rent it out to somebody. So, you know, that's my process. 
So what I'm saying, brothers out there, if you don't have anybody around that can help you um, with those kind of decisions or something, call me up. I'll be happy to come by your lodge and talk to you about um, affordable ways you can make improvements that will help the appearance, help the stability and the longevity of your lodge. And I'll do that at no charge. You know, so I'm, remember, I'm happy. He just said he'd be happy to go out to your lodge and no charge. So any brother from El Paso, if you have any issues with your lodge, call Dennis. I'll give you his number. And he'll head out there. They got more professionals. They got more professionals in El Paso than anywhere else <laughs> in the state. Don't even tell me that. But if it's something small, like like painting a room or something, yeah, you could probably get by doing it yourself. Will it look professional? Well, and, and, and even and even putting down some floors and stuff. If if you have, man, I can teach you. I can teach you, yeah. but uh, it, it it takes time. Now that's that's the thing I don't have a lot of is time. So well, why not, um, Dennis? Are you busy? Because because I offer up my time for free uh, free things all the time. Oh, okay. For but but seriously, I'm sure there's somebody not you know that's closer to you than I am that has the mm -mm. same understanding. Don't, don't try and, backing out of it now. You said you'd do it. <laughs> What I'm what I'm saying though is that you know I'm not the only guy out there, and we have lots of resources within our our fraternity, lots of professionals that can give professional advice and and opinions to to help, and and then you can truly assess what you can afford to do, what you cannot afford to do, what you need to save for, what you really do need to hire a professional for. Mm -hmm. You need a professional for your roof. You need a professional yes, for probably. If you're doing carpet, you need a professional carpet. If See, you're that's, doing, that's an issue. Like, like it, and, and Hillsboro is not the only lodge. Many of these lodges have flat roofs. Right. Do you hear my yes, dog? Yes, that's. Yeah. But uh, but many of these, if it's got a flat roof, if you have a lodge with a flat roof and it hasn't had any kind of water problems or something, I I don't know how you do it's just it. It's a matter of time. It's a matter yeah, of time. It's, just it's a matter of time. time. And Look so, under your ceiling tiles because you've probably got signs of it in your insulation yeah. somewhere. So about every year, every year and a half, uh, we do some kind of maintenance to the roof to prevent yeah, leaking. Coat it. Yeah. It's at the point where get a professional. Get someone that can actually do the job and stand by it and prevent yes. prevent future issues. For So, for example, um, it's not really noticeable yet, but if you look... And it became very obvious when we proved the lighting in our lodge room, there is some water damage on the walls. Uh, they're white walls. And so you can tell where there's water damage. And so the conversation has been about painting the lodge room. What's the point of painting the lodge room when obviously we have an issue with the roof still. And so get it taken care of professionally. Like it, you're just, you're just kicking the can down the road at this point. And any improvement that you do uh, could potentially be destroyed like you got to take care and of you, things yeah and if you're and if you're seeing visible water damage it's it's possible that you have to do more work than just paint that's a good point too so so you you really got to assess that as well after you fix the roof but you're absolutely right first you got to fix the roof yeah and and paint the outside of your lodge guys mm. 
Oh so my we were, gosh. I was going to bring that's, this up. That's protection yeah. from water. Paint the outside. Uh, but also like, uh, like my lodge, for example, is, is brick on the exterior. And we were talking about getting a professional to come power wash. And some of the brothers have power washers and they volunteered to come do it, but they're not professionals. Like there, there's a lot more that goes into a power wash than just, just high pressure water. Right. Um, it goes back to, it goes back to getting professionals to take care of business. Like if you wanted to, if you if you're going to do it, might as well, you might as well have it look the best it can. And if you're, yes. And if you're volunteering to do it, you do the best damn job you can do. You don't half-ass any. No, no, I agree. And also, if you That's, volunteer to do it, do it. This goes back to accountability. If you say you're going to do it, get it done. Let's not three months from now wonder why the parts are still sitting in the closet and why the leak is still there. Like, well, I, understand, yeah. I understand we're a volunteer organization. I get that. First and foremost, at the end of the day, if, if someone makes you angry, you have every right to, to never show back up again, right? But if you say you're going to do it, then do it. And if you don't have time or you suddenly find that you don't have time, like you made a mistake, you need to tell somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Say, look, that, I, I said I could do it. Uh, this has come up. Uh, schedule's busier than I thought it would be. Whatever the reason. Don't make excuses. Just say, this is what happened. I can't handle it. And so someone else knows to take care of it. Because one yes. of our biggest concerns is always stepping on other people's feet. And I'll, and I'll say that I've, I have firsthand done that. You know, with... Uh, Step on with people's our, feet? Uh, yeah, that and, <laughs> and other things. Uh, but the, with the Scottish Rite building, when we, were, when we got the water damage from the freeze... Um, Last year, or mm-hmm. a year and a half ago now, um, I went in and said, okay, look, we'll pull up the floors and I can teach the guys how to, how to put new floors. And we started pulling up the floors and then the insurance started getting involved. And then they said, okay, you need to wait. We need to wait for this and wait for this. We got to wait for this inspection and this inspection and this and that. And it, and it pushed us into a time frame to where now I'm a DDGM. And I don't have the time that I had back then when, when all this started. And so I had to ask someone else to pick up the baton and, and take it and carry it. And fortunately, there was somebody who, who had the time that, that was willing to step up and, and do that. So the, 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 they're still being worked on, but they're, they're, I'll have to ultimately what's going to have to happen, though, is that because I won't be able to be there to teach how to do the floors. We're going to have to pay to have floors done. It's a big project. Mm-hmm. It's, it's we're talking about thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars. Big five figures, guys. Actually into six figures. Oh. So, so, you know, but that, but it happened. It nobody planned it to be that way, but it happened that way because we were waiting on the insurance, we were waiting on this, we were waiting on that. We had to check for asbestos, we had to check for all kinds of different, you know, things to be inspected before we could progress for proceed. Mm -hmm. And with that, it drove out the it took away my time. So 
it it doesn't have you don't have to feel bad about what happens after it happens once you figure out that you can't proceed further you have to find your replacement or find another another solution yeah. and and that's the reality you can't and, just leave and it's limbo not, for forever yeah don't don't leave it you know come figure something out and move forward you have to move forward for the betterment of the for the betterment of the fraternity and your lodge you know mm-hmm. nobody's going to want to join if they if they see um trash everywhere the people aren't going to want to rent our building if we have torn up floors all over the place. Yeah. So we, we need that rental income for our, for that big old building. That's an expensive building and, and we can't wait around for it. So, you know, guys, that's from personal experience. And, and this is where the discussion has, has, come about today is personal experiences prove to us regularly that change is inevitable different things happen in our lives and we have to manage those the best that we can and move forward and the best way to do that is to educate yourself and and make the best decision you can at the time and after you make that decision don't go back and and second guess yourself and and say well you should have done it this way or you should have done it that way mm-hmm. we don't need those demons in our head cuz ultimately we make the best decisions we can with the information we have at the time well, and should have and, and could have so, doesn't change the facts anyway Exactly. So why get upset about anything? Just just figure out where you're at and move forward. Progress. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the goal. Well, Dennis, I'm losing my voice. Uh, but I think this has been a a very good interview. And I know I say that every time, but it usually is. Um, so I want to thank you for taking your time out of your evening tonight. Um, you're always a terrific guest to have on my show. Yes, and and I always I always enjoy interviewing you as well. You know, the I, you know, you're the second best guest on our show. Mm. I can I can certainly say that with with all sincerity. You're the second so, best guest I've ever had. So, um, I'm just gonna put this in here, um, because we we talked a little bit. You mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, physics, like uh, my background, um. Uh, my, those of you that don't know, my, my master's is in physics. Um, sometime, I would really like to have a conversation. If we ever do something like this again, which I'm sure we will, I really wanted to take a deep dive, not like extremely deep, but uh, at, into physics because. Oh, yeah. The, uh, I'm down. It, well, it's, it, it's interesting. Like everyone thinks that science it kind of kind of separates you from 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 deity uh meaning like the the more scientific you are the more of an atheist you 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 tend to be um if you understand what i'm what i'm getting at and uh absolutely historically like if you look at the uh like the new age movement and 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 all that uh the scientists at the time thought that it actually brought you closer to god and well so what's interesting is uh so a bachelor's was in is in biology 
and uh, study a lot of chemistry, study a lot of physics. And the more deep you get into physics, oddly enough, um, things start to get weird. interesting. They get they get weird, and they they get yes. weird they get weird in a way that hermetically brings speaking. you back. Yes, well, get, yes, <laughs> but uh, they get weird. It gets weird in a way that brings you back full circle. Yes, and so, um, so I'm not going to details, but before I really started this journey, this Masonic journey, this that scientific journey I took, um, I was always pretty open minded, uh, spiritually, um, esoterically, uh. Um, paranormally, if that's even a word. However, um, I kind of, I kind of turned that off at a certain point in my life, and then this science journey not only it not only brought me back full circle, but it it a whole, whole new level of full circle. So, uh, just I guess a teaser for anybody that's listening. Uh, that's a conversation I like to have sometime. Uh, yes. Me too. I just think it'd be. Uh, we need to find uh-huh. the right guest for that one. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or if we just do like a one-on-one at some point, that'd be really good. Yeah. But anyway, like Absolutely. I said, I'm losing my voice, and uh, I think we covered quite a bit of good content. So uh, with that, I'm going to sign off. And man, I just, I just can't help but notice how much more handsome and fit. I look and this Masonic improvement polo shirt and you can obtain one too. I click the link below people. Don't let him fool you. He's been working out every night. He's, uh, he's trying to make that shirt look better himself, which, uh, I don't blame him. He needs to, not everybody can be me and just exuberate magnificence at all times. Without any work, you know what would help though. Do you know what would help? Humility. I'm a Sonic Improvement T-shirt. <laughs> yes, it would. Yes, actually, it it's would. a polo. Would... It's a polo, but it would still help. Yes, but um, it really brings out your eyes. It definitely would. Like that's the, that's another that's another thing people the colors. See. It the really, colors in the white always attract to the blue it, in my it, eyes. It really brings out my eyes. Uh, and this is just people, I just wear it, and people I've never met just stop and say, hey, I just want to say, I don't know anything about that shirt, but it's really bringing out the color in your eyes. Uh, people say it makes me look taller, slimmer, more muscular. Uh, yes. I've had people come up and say, uh, I have like this strange animal attraction about me now i know your wife said that she was going to make you stop wearing it because there's just strange women showing up at the door yeah well she wants to make me stop wearing it but at the same time if you if you like strange women you need to get you a (laughs) get you a masonic improvement t-shirt yeah polo shirt yeah (laughs) so anyway my point get yourself some of the swag you're gonna look awesome It looks great. Uh, I'm going to keep communicating with the San Antonio Hat Company, create more, uh, more of this awesome stuff. There are hats out there, uh, Masonic Improvement hats. Um, check it out, man. But like I said, they have great, uh, a great variety of Masonic things. So even though 
I would obviously like you to represent um, Sonic Improvement. You can still represent the fraternity. There's tons of great stuff out there. That's yes, all I got. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I've got to say is, uh, brothers, if you're out there and, and, and you're listening to our podcast and, and you're thinking, man, I, I wish that, that I had brothers like that around my ear, then, <laughs> then you might want to ask the brothers in my lodge if you really want somebody like me in your area. But no, um, seriously, though, if you if you like the conversations that we have and and you feel like you're missing that in your lodge, let us know, because we know people all around the state, all around the country. Um, and we can help you get to where you're looking to be in your Freemasonry. And it's a very personal journey. And, and we don't, we join a lodge, not knowing what we're joining until we become a member. Um, so it's okay to travel to other lodges and, and get some of the light that you're not getting in your lodge. And then take it back to your lodge. Be the light that you want that you want from your lodge. Be that extra oomph that you think your lodge needs. But do it humbly and, and kindly and, and do it for the right reasons. You know, we love Freemasonry. We love our fraternity. We love our lodges, our blue lodges. We love the Scottish Rite and the York Rite. And we love the Shrine. You know, we're, we're all about Freemasonry. So, you know, don't think that that we're coming down on one or the other at any given time. You know, we just shoot from the hip and play around. And but we're very serious about Freemasonry being special for you like it is for us. And that's that's what we want here in Freemasonry. If you're not getting what you need, let us know. We can help. Also, if you're not getting what you need and you're watching this on YouTube, be sure that you uh, smash that like button and subscribe because we got way more stuff coming out. Every week. Absolutely. Every week. Yes. This is... this is Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> but this is... Um, and I know uh, I'm going to sound extremely biased here, but uh, Masonic Improvement is a great source for... Uh, I mean, we, we bring in new minds as often as we can to hear their thoughts on the fraternity. So if, if you're, if you're in a rut, like what Dennis is talking about, uh, by all means, feel free to reach out to him, tell him to come to El Paso, but, uh, check out, check out the content we have. Uh, I mean, we, we've had great interviews in the past. Uh, we've got some great people lined up for the future. Um, we got some heavy hitters coming. We do. We got we some do. heavy hitters. coming. We do. And I'm not saying this is the only good, I mean, there's plenty of other great Masonic podcasts out there as well. I encourage you to listen to all of them. If you, if you have the time or the inclination to do so, but, um, and this, pretty this, soon we're getting close to the, to the, uh, grand officer season again, to where we'll be talking with grand officers already. Wow. Really? It's getting close. Yeah, it is. We're halfway there, man. Halfway there living on a prayer. Yeah, yeah but you're right. Um, I, I think, unfortunately, uh, I think one of the, uh, candidates for the grand South, will not come on our show. Um, however, we'll, uh, we'll be sure to uh, interview as many we'll get other. The other one on. We'll get the other one on the show though. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's not an unfair advantage if you if you if you're declining. I mean, right? We we offer it to everybody. But that's that's okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be controversial when he comes on, and and because I don't, I really want the man to have all the respect he deserves because he is a good candidate, mm-hmm. and uh, we look forward to interviewing him. But uh, definitely you know who you are. You know who you are. You know who you are. And every time we see you, we're going to invite you to come on a Masonic Improvement. Well, I'm sure we'll get one of the one of the candidates for for the Grand South. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Maybe, man. We'll, maybe we'll get the 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 happy go lucky one, the one that's just free flowing. And Rayburn, Rayburn's already been on. <laughs> no, but we we do. Uh, in all in all seriousness, uh, we we do need to interview um, Rayburn again. Um, yeah, I like to hear how. Liked it. Well, yeah, I like to yes. hear how his year's gone, and how his first year's gone, and yeah, and, and right worshipful Bart, man, we we got to. Yeah, I think it would also be good if we could, uh, if we could uh, tie down uh, most worshipful again, and just hear like kind of like we did with. Um, yeah, we need to do most an worshipful Curry with. Yes, we need to do an exit interview with him, and and do an incoming interview with with. Uh, Right, worshipful G Clay, and if uh, if we can get him on, we certainly want to. He's very busy trying to plan for his year, but mm-hmm. um, but yes, he's he's one of our our favorite people, and and we want him on. Yeah, we so, got so many people that I need to so get on the ball activities. and start calling. Yeah, so yeah. many activity. Yeah, but uh, definitely got we some can good put people on top of each other. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Stack them, stack them on top. Stack them like they were talking about the bids. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we got lots of good interviews in the pipeline, and so yeah, we've got a bunch coming. But we really want to get the grand line in, um, and and get that going. Absolutely. All right, I'm signing out, man. <laughs>